The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. G'day everyone, Maca 19 here and this is the I Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as co-host once again, as always, the Rickster. Woohoo. Mate. Maca. What a great weekend. I'm excited. Yeah, I've uh, I've decided I'm I'm abandoning uh, Aussie rules and I'm going to follow a new sport called handball. No, women's beach volleyball. There you go. There you go. Oh, and it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, it's an awesome sport. So, mm. and it seems to be more exciting and entertaining than watching our boys at the moment. Mm. What about uh, men's beach yes. volleyball? Yeah, no, I haven't given that an opportunity. Okay. I'm, I, I'm just, uh, it's a, it's the one, it's one of the women's sports which I, I find most interesting out of all the women's sports. You're still on the handball bandwagon. Handball is the best game on earth, mate. It is wicked. It's so good. Is it in the Olympics? Yeah, that's, that's the only time you ever get to see it. I don't know who plays it, but a bunch of countries play it, and you only ever sort of see it once every four years. And it's incredible. Oh, if you got Euro Sports on Fox Two, I reckon they played on there. Oh, yeah, I don't really watch Euro Sport much. I don't know. It, I reckon it's great. I'd... It's like it's like indoor soccer, but using your hands. It's great. Very and fast. Very exciting. Brut- <laughs> if there's a bit more brutality in it, where you could like punch the opposition in the face or something, I reckon that that yeah, would you... be pretty cool. Well, you can sort of tackle them and stuff. It's um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a pretty interesting sport. Yeah. Mm. As you can tell, we're heavily invested in talking about Port Adelaide tonight. Look, I'm happy to talk as little about uh, what <laughs> what happened on the weekend as possible, to be honest, because it was disgraceful. Well, you were lucky you weren't even there. I know, I know. Well, that's it, isn't it? I had my uh, <laughs> well, mother-in-law's uh, 60th. Um. So as as you do, you know, I was checking the scores, and the first time I checked it, it was like seven to one or something. I thought, oh yeah, that's that's all right. Next time I checked it, it was seven to nineteen, and I let out an audible like, hmm. And then the next time I checked it, it was seven to fifty or something. I thought, you can't be serious. That's that's ludicrous. And, and uh, yeah, and you got random messages from me throughout the night as well. Yes, from about eight different people. <laughs> the phone was red hot there for a while. Was it? Bananas. It's and, good to be, it's good to uh, be yeah. popular. As uh, Porsche says, I bet Macca never thought he would be happy to be at his mother-in-law's 60th. And, uh, yeah, probably yeah well, let's not Porsche. <laughs> we all know that Porsche secretly was celebrating on Saturday night because we know that she's actually a quasi-Melbourne supporter in disguise. So, yeah. Oh, look. It's easy when you have a bet each way, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. She's... Uh, so she's happy, whereas uh, we're not so happy. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's get started into it because we've got a lot of questions tonight. But uh, before we go into the questions, awesome. um, and we want to hear from everybody in the Spreaker chat as well. Uh, the sweet and sour this week, mate. What is your sweet? My sweet is Usain Bolt. The Bolt? I'm not giving a Port Adelaide. Uh, he is an amazing athlete, and it's... Um, it was inspirational watching him today, and what I found truly inspiring is you've got 
you know, team sports, individual sports. So you've got teams like Hawthorne where we're just sick of them winning, right? Because mm. they're just arrogant and they're smug, you know, a little bit dirty. But then you've got athletes like Usain Bolt where he's just as successful, well, more successful really in the scheme of sport, but people still celebrate his victories and want him to be successful. And it just shows that you can be a champion but have humility yeah. and uh, and just be uh, provide a legacy to the sport. And uh, what a fantastic athlete he is. Yeah. He's an amazing He's a beast of a man. Got it. He's probably my first man crush since, um, <laughs> geez, Warren Treadray, I reckon. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, but, you know, damn. Yeah, well, I, I still associate <laughs> with you, mate, so, uh, yeah. No, as uh, Bruce says, he is the best. He is absolutely the best. And uh, I don't know, I was, I was always a huge Carl Lewis fan growing up and, uh, and Michael Johnson as well, but uh, got to say Usain Bolt uh, faster passes them now in the man crush. Uh, stakes, I think he's yeah. uh, he's an absolute ripper. Absolutely. Did you have uh, a love this week? I well, kind of, yeah. I mean, mine's probably Will Snelling in the SANFL. Um, it's a real shame he missed uh, such a big chunk of the season, to be honest, because I thought he had a great game, and you know, he's had a really good sort of um, second part of the season once he's come back from injury, and uh, yeah, he had uh, seventeen touches, seventeen tackles, and uh, six clearances, so. He was doing a lot of grunt work on the weekend um, as we beat the Bays, which was great. Um, and look, I really hope he gets a second season next year because A, I think he deserves it, and B, I think he's uh, got a lot of um, AFL traits and, and a fair bit of potential. Is he on the rookie list? Yes. Yeah, that's why you're saying you hope he gets another season. Because that's right. It's a minimum two-year contract if you're drafted, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I've heard, no, it's I've not, not a minimum two-year contract. Isn't it? No. When you're drafted, like no, like normal draft, not rookie list. Uh, normal draft. Yeah, normal draft. Yeah, I thought it was minimum two. Normal years. draft is minimum yeah. two years, but you don't have to like you can pay yeah. people out. But uh, rookie list is um, yeah. doesn't have to be. I think seventeen tackles is huge. <clears throat> it's massive. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a huge work rate. So that is and let's ridiculous. Face it, let's get these kids in. Mm. Well, look, anyway. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think um, yeah, he might be short. He's only, what, 175 centimetres or something like that. But uh, I think the thing that puts him apart from someone like Kane Mitchell is that, um, A, he's, uh, he's a lot quicker than what Kane is. B, he's actually got very good foot skills. Even though he can't kick that far, he's, uh, his skills... Um, you know, his, his kicking usually hits the target. Uh, and I think he's um, much better in and under than what uh, Kane is... Um, uh, and I think he's got uh, a lot more sort of potential AFL traits, as I said a bit earlier. But uh, we'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, yeah, I, I'd be really keen to see him stay on next year. And, you know, I think he'd play quite a few games too. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Let's see. I, think I mean, if you're looking for someone that could wrong. be the next tagger, I mean, I reckon he'd be ripe for that, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. yeah interesting. Well, I mean, you can't have too many smalls in your side, but if Jake Need and Kane Mitchell and Sammy C, most of those will be gone, probably not Jake Need. I guess mm-hmm. you, you can probably afford to keep Snelling in our, on our roster. Yeah. That's it. Um, Marchie has said, should he play this year? Uh, I would say with only two games left, I, I doubt he's going to get a go. I, I doubt um, we'd um, put him onto the uh, senior list just for the final game or two but uh, 
Maybe if he didn't get injured, uh, we might have seen him play AFL already. So, yeah, I reckon he's got a lot of talent. He's probably my favourite from the uh, from the rookie list. And, uh, yeah, bring it on. Go the smell. Awesome. Uh, what was your sound? Go sour? the smell. No, take a pick. Which one would you like? <laughs> lack of um, lack of team. Uh, well, you were there, and, and as, you, as you said to me on uh, over the phone um, on the night, you were in a different spot. You had a bit more of an elevated view than what you yeah. normally have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was pretty ropeable on the coaches, to be honest, because um, if our players weren't performing the structures that they're supposed to, well, then that's still the coach's fault because it's a game plan too complicated. They've got NFI or um, we just had no game plan. Um, so mm. I was in the uh, the members, like, Section 311, I reckon, in the Western Sand, so yep. nice and elevated. And you could really see Melbourne's game plan. Uh, they had structure around the contest, and uh, if they didn't have the ball... Um, you know, they had a set set plan where they dropped four, you know, four mids and flankers back, and just out right in front of our goals, like fifty meters out. And they had they had a defensive structure there. Um, for us, we from there, you know, it was actually great sitting there to be honest. We had no structure. I I could not identify sort of a structured play except for when we was man on man that was it that was sort of like our go-to game plan yeah. let's go man on man um we uh, you know we we didn't really manipulate the matchups that well you know so there was a period there where uh, most of the game broadbent was on gala which was a, a dramatic um mismatch really in speed and uh, you know we were always going to get burnt by gala if it went off the back um, and obviously Broadbent was trying to take that sweeping role and you know, so he was sort of loose on it anyway and, and he got he burnt us and um you know, I think we tried once, Darcy tried to swap with Broadbent with him and all Garlet did was go, No, I'm not doing that and just walk back to Broadbent and they gave up on trying to switch switch the players on him and that was it. Um, you know, and it just was the rest of the game was Broadbent on Garlet and yeah, I it really highlighted to me that we've got serious issues in the coach's box or the coach's box getting out what they want down to the players. Do you think we've just kind of uh, shut up shop for the year in terms of the players, the mental attitude, the the coaching staff? Do you think it's just, well, let's just play out the season? You know, whatever, don't uh, bother about structures, just uh, go out and you know, have a kick around sort of thing. Why, why would the coaches do that? That's pretty stupid. Um, but I think the players have switched off. Um, I thought there was a couple that continued to try. Um, you know, Jackson, I thought he tried the whole time, but, you know, there was players not accountable to their opposition players. We weren't blocking, you know. I I put, I, I made notes on my Facebook page, just, um, just the stuff. I mean, there was one where, you know, Dixon could have sort of blocked the defender to sort of give his player a bit of space. Um, you know, and to try and mark the ball. No, he just didn't. Just watched him run over and spoil. Um, you know, and then there was uh, in the uh, the southern end. You know, we had. I think I can't remember the tall. I could be getting them mixed up. But we had a tall player. Uh, oh no, it was bloody Logan Austin. Come back, going for the mark instead of Travis Boak just staying yeah. and protecting him. Travis goes <clears> up <throat> for the mark as well. Yeah. Right. Instead of just saying staying down, like. Yeah, you know, I'm sick of having to compare us to Hawthorne and Sydney, but you know, you'd never see 
Sam Mitchell, for example, at Hawthorne, go up against a tall defender, uh, trying to outmark him. He would be on the ground or put, putting on a little bit of a block to give him space to mark the ball. That's how well-drilled, well-organised um, those top teams are. And so, you know, Logan, with a bit of talk and a bit of a, a little bit of protection, probably would have taken that mark. Instead, you know, he got spoiled by Travis. Ball came to ground. We had no crummer because Travis went up for the mark and they run in and kick a goal. Um, you know, it, there was just unaccountability and a lack of team play, uh, you know, from the whole, most of the side, from the whole, for the whole game. And it was yeah. really disappointing. I have to say, yeah. it was it was hard work watching the replay. Knowing the result, it was bloody hard work sitting through that. Um, mm. In fact, I can't actually... like. Usually, I don't get to see maybe... Usually, at least one, but maybe two games live I, I get to miss out on throughout the year. Like, I'm either working or, or whatever, or there's a birthday or a wedding or something. And I can't remember the last time where... I've been able to go home and watch a win when I haven't watched it live. It must be about six or seven years. Mm. It's really Sad, frustrating. It? <laughs> it's really frustrating. Because <laughs> when you but, when you don't you know, watch it live and you're sort of you know, a little bit anxious and you're hoping you do well and then you see the results, it's just like, oh, great. So I've got to go home and watch a loss. You know, it's deflating. But, but I mean, it, these, the administrators would have to see it, surely. I mean... You know, I mean, I'm just a, an amateur football follower. You know, you've got club legends like Tim Ginever and, and George Fiacci and, and Keith Thomas, who's a, you know, a footballing legend himself. They, mm. they sure, and I was, I, so I was sitting behind where they sit. And, you know, I mean, you never, Tim never has a go at the coaches and he, he will have a go at the players. But surely, you know, with their experience, they can see, uh, um, the rabble our structures are on the field. Oh, no doubt. Now, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, but they're not coming out and saying anything. But I would just, I'd be really worried if they can't see it, to be honest. Because I, I know we, everyone puts the heat on the players and all that sort of stuff, and the players still deserve the heat. But I think the coaches just deserve as much heat as the players at the moment. It's just yeah. a shambles. And, you know, and it was good to see Loby come back in and continue on his great form from before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, all, very frustrating. That that was all a good that sour. That was a that was a really good rant. Yeah, well, all that all all Loby did was throw Jackson's game off. To be honest, Have yeah, probably. Run. Yeah, I mean, all, all he did was he was floating. I mean, everywhere. Trengo. It, it looked like on the replay, Trengo still spent the majority of the time in the ruck, which meant that Loby spent most of his time up forward. So we essentially dropped a legitimate key forward in Butcher. For a ruckman who can't, who's the worst mark in the league, like wh- <laughs> why bother? Honestly, why bother? But yes. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, that was a, that. That is a massive sour. That you is, started it, so that's your fault. That is a huge sour. That one. That's yeah. that's mega well, warhead have, sour level. That one. There's a, there's another one. There is. There's another don't, one don't ever let. Yeah, don't ever let Rick drink absence because uh, I uh, I cannot be held to account if I drink that shit like my son put into me on Saturday night. I was a yeah, I was a bit out of control, but uh, I had to let my hair down. But so stay away from that, young people. It's not good for you. The the only two times where I can't remember how I got home is when I was drinking absinthe. Yes, well, it is 
I, lethal stuff. I don't remember anything. Well, I, I woke up the next morning and yeah, we won't even go there. But actually, Crazy Big Al was uh, <laughs> was the reason behind one of them. Um, the bastard he got me well drunk. That was shocking. Did he? Yeah. Bloody crazy. He's a troublemaker, that guy. He is. Absolutely. Look, my sales uh, is probably the skills once again for about the uh, the eighteenth time this year. I think I've had skills as the sour, but uh, I just can't believe like we were never the most skillful side in in two thousand and thirteen and fourteen. But we could hit targets, and you know we had structure and, and a game plan behind how we were to move the ball forward. But I just can't believe how far our skills have actually regressed over the last two years and. I mean, that was just... There's no other word for it than embarrassing on the weekend. Our skills were an absolute embarrassment. Um, And you often hear sort of like hyperbole, like, oh, you know, it's it's as bad as an amateur side or something like that. But to be honest, I reckon most SANFL sides would have had a better skill level on the weekend than what we showed, to be honest. If you can't hit targets... Mm like the targets we were missing, and you're kicking at something like 35% halfway through the second quarter, then you get what you deserve, quite simply. You deserve to get thrashed at home to a team in the bottom eight, to be honest. And it's quite sad. And I don't, underst- I don't really understand how it got to this level, and I don't know how we get out of it, to be honest. Well, I thought we stayed home this pre-season um, to just focus on our skills instead of going to Dubai. Yeah, well, you know, we've heard that the last two years, and the last two years our skills have gotten worse and worse. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's... Yeah, I really don't know. I don't know how our skills are that bad. So are you willing to hold the, the coaches to account here, Mecca? You've always been more on the bash the player camp. You reckon? I don't know. Yeah. I'm probably in the... Let's give people a chance to try and right the wrongs, and if they continue to do the wrong thing, then get rid of them. So, I think that's probably where I stand at the moment. Um, well, but unfortunately, our school level is just absolutely rife across the list. Um, that's the sad thing is that um, there's really probably no one to to bring in in the SNFL that um, they can fix it at this point in the season, which is a shame. Um, as much as I read the, that put us uh, out. Well, Buddha's out. You know, he's been there for, what, seven years now. He's he's had a good run. Um, thanks very much for years, years of service, Buddha. And I hope there's probably mm. one or two others that uh, that go with him. I saw uh, the rumour is that Sean Hart might be gone. Well, that's the rumour, yeah. Or moved, maybe not gone, but moved into a different area, uh, which is probably mm. fair enough as well. But I don't know. Just, I mean, questions I, have to be asked of Burgess. I mean... How we can be concurrently not fit enough, not quick enough, not skillful enough, and not big enough. I mean, jeez, you know, what are we doing out there? Yeah. So who would you uh, who would you have if you didn't have Burgess? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's that's for the club to decide. I'm not up with the, uh, well, the fitness guys in the AFL, but. Uh, I mean, look, everyone a... sort of maybe giggled a little bit at Brett Burton coming back to the Crows, and you know, he, he was horrendous at Brisbane, and a lot of Brisbane fans were that I know were uh, were very, very happy that he was shown the door. But um, 
you know, I mean, the things he's done for the Crows this year have been phenomenal, to, to put it bluntly. Um, uh, but surely the the fitness staff aren't detached in their own department that they can't take um, directives from the head coach. So surely Ken Hinckley can, uh, can say, Darren, I want my boys to bulk up. Yeah. You know, and Darren goes, oh, no, no, you know, they can be thin and, be, and still run and blah, blah, blah. No, I want my boys to be carrying an extra four kilo of muscle. Yeah. Surely surely the coach is entitled to sort of dictate that if they want to. Oh no doubt. And look, I think we've just made some we've made some judgment calls on where the game's heading in the last ten years. And it seems like every time we make one of these judgment calls, we get it wrong. You know, yeah. we saw it with uh, with Choco when he wanted those sort of slim, athletic, slender types that could you know, that were versatile and could play in any position and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And whilst I guess the game did go a hell of a lot quicker um, in that regard, in terms of of players' fitness and and short-term bursts and all that sort of stuff, um, it was still the big, bulky size that were winning premierships, like Geelong. They were massive. You know, Sydney were massive. Um, That still is. Collingwood the same. And and still is. And and you look at the the top uh, top of the ladder these days and... What is it? Hawthorne, they're a big side. Sydney, they're a big side. Geelong, they're a big side. The Dogs are a big side. You know, it seems like we've um, we've screwed the pooch and, and missed the boat again in, in terms of where we think mm. the game's heading. And, and we know that uh, Ken said in the pre-season that, um, you know, I'd love to have, uh, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, long kicks inside 50 on top of a, a forward's head is going to come back into vogue. And, you know, certainly how we've played this year and just hasn't worked at all. Yeah, well, I mean, the second quarter was our best quarter, and that was the one where we we tried to run at the zone or the press and and handball and and try and run and carry, and and we looked like we were making some progress by doing that, and then it disappeared again. We did it for a quarter, and uh, and that's it. Mm. And it was still a bit, it was still a bit scrappy, but at least we were trying something different for a little yeah. bit. But um, yeah, I reckon there needs to be an age limit too in women's gymnastics surely if you surely you got to be like 15 years or older you know to participate there's mm. some chinese girls that look like they're seven years old yeah well they probably <laughs> anyway, are <laughs> you, could, you could tell what i'm watching while we're talking yeah, exactly uh bevan has asked uh, can we stick the hamstring machine on ebay the hamstring machine on ebay what does that mean well we got the the hamstring predictor or whatever it's called where apparently the fitness staff could tell if a if a, if a player's hamstring was um, was uh, under too much duress or something and about to burst, but uh, hasn't seemed to work because there's probably been more hamstring injuries at Port Adelaide this year than there has been in the last six combined. Well, you know what else was a lame thing? They put the heart rate monitor on someone in the crowd instead of a player. Really? Why bother? Yeah, and. <laughs> I, just, I didn't care, care what that random person's heart rate was in the crowd at all. Mm. I don't know what they were getting at there. Maybe they forgot to strap off a player, so they just put it in some, someone that was sitting by the fence. Here, wear this for us. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> well, look, we've got a lot of questions, so let's get into them. I've started with uh, what I reckon is the best one first. It's from Portmanteau, who's one of the uh, one of the co-hosts of a, of a Port Fan radio show, uh, the Game Day podcast. Yeah. And this is a good question. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Rick. Yeah, um, if you could manipulate the space-time continuum to prevent a historical yes. human atrocity, 
but the bargain offered is that you must trade a Port Adelaide Premiership for a win in a specific uh, in a specific historical SANFL AFL minor round game that we lost. Which conflict would you prevent? Which premiership would you give up? And which minor round win would you take? Right. I would. Uh, I'd take nine eleven. I'd okay. get rid of that one. Yeah. Because that was pretty awful. Yeah. Um. So, which premiership would I give up? Mm. I would give up one of the premierships <clears throat> that we won in the 60s. Didn't we win shitloads in the 60s against with our battles would stir, or was that the 70s? Uh, that was the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah I'd give up one of those. Okay. Because I don't, I can't remember, I can't remember that far back anymore. So, okay. uh, it's alright. And we won shitloads. So, I wouldn't want to give up 2004. And what's yeah. the last one? Uh, what minor round loss would you turn around that we won that game? Okay, a loss, and I want to win instead. I reckon our... Was it in 99? The Stuart Jew kick-in against Brisbane that resulted in a draw? That was 98, yeah. 98. Yeah. Because uh, I reckon uh, sliding doors, you know, we might not have had the psychological issues against Brisbane that we did if that result was different. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Some good answers there. That's all right. Yeah. What about yours? uh, The atrocity that I would prevent would probably be the Crows winning back-to-back, to to be honest. No, (laughs) no. Seriously, uh, look, it's got to be the Holocaust, surely. that's, uh, That's pretty much the worst thing that's ever happened. So that would be the atrocity that I would prevent. The premiership I would give up, look, it's just got to be 1903, to be honest. Like, yeah, uh, you know, I was there. It was a good flag, but uh, yeah, I've seen better. You were there. I was there. Yeah. Have you? Yep. Have you found <laughs> the ability to time travel? Uh, yep. Sure have. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. We played well. Mm. Yeah, the, the Knickerbockers were mm. on show, and it was great. But uh, apart yep. from that, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the minor round game to win. Uh, look, I. Originally had a different game than the one I'm going to say. I originally had the uh, the 2008 showdown, the uh, the one where mm-hmm. we just physically abused the Crows and they got up and won by five points or whatever. And I thought, man, you know, we just absolutely belted them physically and it would have been great uh, to have won that game just to see the melts that would have happened. But um, I'd have to go with the second showdown in 1997. So showdown number two. Um, it would have meant that mm. uh, A, we play finals in our first season. B, it would have meant that Adelaide finished fifth instead of fourth. So it would have also meant that they played West Coast at Subi instead of Footy Park in the first week of the finals. Mm. Now, that might have been enough for them to lose in that first week to West Coast. Um, or if they won that one, they may not have been able to back it up against Geelong after travelling West. All the dogs. Mm. Um, so therefore, not winning the flag in '97. And also, quite possibly, the follow-on effect of not winning the flag in '98. That's so all our fault. Port, it's Port's fault for it uh, what happened in '97, '98. That '97 loss was a bit of a crappy loss. Yeah, look, you could see it happening at three-quarter time. I think, you know, with the that yeah. wind. Um, yeah, that's probably the the biggest um, breeze going to one end of 
I've seen in football, I reckon. That was that was bananas. To see someone like Stephen ja- mm. Daniels kick a goal from 65 metres out on the boundary shouldn't happen <laughs> at all. But uh, True. Yeah. I guess the uh, the butterfly effect of that is that they probably would have won five flags straight under Neil Craig or something like that, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> God, heaven help us. <laughs> Next question. That was a good one. I like that question. That was a good one. Uh, next question. The age-old question from Edgy here. Uh, Palmy or Palmer? Palmy? Yeah. Like chicken palmy? Chicken pa- is it a chicken palmy or is it a chicken palmer? It's a chicken palmy. Exactly. The only people that call a it a chicken palmer question. are Victorians. No, or maybe someone that lives in Burnside or something. Burnside. Yeah, the, you know, you're a bit of higher class society sort of person. But, um, you know, us down to earth, Ocker, Adelaideans, it's palmy. It's a palmy. Chicken palmy. Give us a palmy. Even though I never, I never have chicken palmies. Do you go to the palmy? Oh, really? Maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. I know you. I know you go, Mister and Mrs. Palmer, though. Yes. <laughs> a lot more regularly than once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I think the best situation here to get rid of this uh, this constant shit fight over palmy or palmer is just to go the American route and call it a chicken palm. Just forget the ending and just call it a palm. What about a, a chicken uh, with tomato, ham and pineapple? Thanks, with a bit of cheese. I don't know what that is. I don't know what sort of palm is you Isn't that a chicken palmy? Palm, parmesan? Pineapple? Yeah. Mate, pineapple has no place base. on a plate except for a dessert. Ham. I'm sorry. Pineapple and cheese. No, I don't know what sort of palmy you're that... having. Really? That sounds like a chicken Hawaiian or something. I don't know. Where am I? <laughs> Where am I getting it confused with the Hawaiian? Matt, Matt Lane has said that's worse than nine eleven and the Holocaust combined. <laughs> try it, man. <laughs> you never know until yeah. you tried it. Don't be uh, a coward. Right. Next question: Who's the better footballer, Oscar McDonald or Ronald McDonald? Or Donald McDonald. I don't know who Oscar McDonald... Who's Oscar McDonald? Uh, He played centre-half back for Melbourne on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I'd go Ronald McDonald then. Yeah. Uh, Bomber Clifford has asked the question, uh, Rick or Macca, who would win in a bare-knuckle drag game? Uh, I've got size on my my side. You've got about 20 kegs and about 15 centimetres on me, so... It would would be tough. I, I reckon... Uh, I reckon if you're younger, you'd have more endurance than me, though. But, um, oh, but I reckon three kids <laughs> on the go, three kids, you know, drinking a bit of wine, um, height, weight, yeah, I reckon I might be able to take you down if I if I really had to. Yeah. Well, I'm a lover, not a fighter, so. Yeah, while, so while you're bashing so my skull in, I tried to give you a cuddle or something, so. Uh, let's just have a romantic fire with a glass of red and a bit of cheese. I that <laughs> and watch handball and women's just yeah, gymnastics. And what? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to oh, me. <laughs> All right, Edgy has asked the question, when does form have to overtake other measures in our key position forward selection policy? 
Uh, I don't even understand that question. That's too complicated. Well, I when think it's form, clear. Yeah. Overtake other measures in our key position forward selection policy. Well, we've really got no form in our key position forwards, and our key position forwards are very out of form. So mm. we're sort of hamstrung. And then Dougal doing his knee has sort of hurt us even more. So, um, I don't know. I mean, what do we do? We've, we've got nothing. Mm. Look, I think it's clear that our key position forward selection policy is actually based on the beard, to be honest. If you've got good length <laughs> and good density of hair coverage, I think it gives you a better chance to get selected. And this is why Hoff and, and Charlie are basically untouchable, no matter how bad they play on occasion. And I did hear a rumour that Jay didn't miss uh, four months due to the... Uh, uh, debilitating, uh, debilitating back issue. It was actually his inability to grow facial hair that kept him out of the side, and, and we just used that back problem as a bit of a ruse. And you know, ditto the bush, uh, uh, the butch. Yeah, you know, is, is it just the coincidence? Bush. The, the bush. bush. <laughs> is it coincidence? I don't want to know what their bushes are like, Macca. I'm a bit worried about you. That's it. Is it coincidence that Butch struggled to get a game when he became more clean shaven and got rid of his beard? And, and let's look back. Well, I just. Let's look back. Yeah. Daniel Stewart, clean shaven, no good. Mason Shaw, yeah. clean shaven, delisted. Mitch Harvey, clean shaven, delisted. Nick Salter, clean shaven. Shoved down back. Forgotten about up forward. What about Warren? What about Warren Trevor? Ryan Willett's the same. Adam Koshell the same. I mean I'm not saying it's a thing, what I'm just Warren? putting it out there, but I think it's a thing. What about Warren Treadray? Well, Damon, I mean Damon, there's always Damon an exception White. to the rule. Well Damon White was fucking hopeless, so you know, just putting it out there. That's a big. That's a bit harsh. He was a loyal servant to the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Yes, that and again he got by... shoved down back. So you know, yeah. Porsche said Bowen Lockwood, and look, he, he got injured, and I'm not saying it was uh, deliberate at training, but uh, questions have to be asked. Here. No, I think because he didn't have a beard, it actually affected his strength at his core, mm. and. Uh, if he had a beard, he would have been stronger, and I reckon he would have been okay. Yeah. This is true. Ryan Pilara said Scott Cummings had no facial hair, and look, we got rid of him after two seasons. So, again, you know, it, it all adds up yeah. here, Rick. I think we should just have a team of beards. A team of beards would go well, I think. Yeah. The whole I want to see story. Darcy Byrne-Jones with a beard. With that hairstyle, so, I reckon it would look... Uh, Pretty snazzy. I reckon the whole roster should have a beard. Mm. Everyone, even the coaching panel. And they should take a vow until we win a premiership, no one shaves. Could be waiting a while there. Yes. Now, this this question is very apt. Uh, from Needs Gravy, do you have sauce gravy or mayo on your hot chips? Well, I can change. The Dutch in me, sometimes I like mayo. Hmm. Um, the Aussie in me likes tomato sauce. Yeah. And the winter lover doesn't mind gravy. Hmm. But I don't really have chips anymore because they're not good for you. Okay. Yeah, so, or gravy. Even hmm. though I did have some chips with gravy today after golf. So, uh, <laughs> you, you, so you don't have chips anymore, <laughs> but you had chips and gravy today. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Look, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of gravy at all, so no chips and gravy really? for me. Nah. Well, look, 
a, a good homemade gravy is fantastic, but coagulated Gravox, uh, no thanks. Not a fan. No? And though I think this question uh, needs a, a chili aioli option, to be honest. Where's the aioli? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. where it's at. What about pepper? What about pepper gravy? Pepper gravy is pretty good. Nah, so nah. that's why I don't have palmies. I just I'm more have, just a I'd chicken salt fan on my chips. I don't really need a uh, you know, a, a liquid or, or whatever to go with it. So for me, it's uh, yeah, just chicken. Good bit of good quality chicken salt, and away you go. Should golf actually be a sport in the Olympics? Probably not. And why can professional players? You need to stop players... watching the Olympics while you're on the podcast, Rick. Well, I'd, I'd like to hear what people's thoughts are on this. How come professional sports people are now allowed to play at the Olympics except for boxers? don't know. It's a, uh, an interesting question for another day. Yeah, so mm. tell people to uh, chat that away. I'd like to know why. But anyway, mm. next question. Needs Gravy again has asked, what summer activity can I take up which brings me dread, disappointment and ultimately apathy to hold me over to next season? Assuming Need, need a Gravy is a male, mm. he should volunteer to become an umpire for women's beach volleyball. <laughs> okay. That would bring dread and disappointment, would it? Or? No, well, that would help him overcome his void of what's happened for Port Adelaide okay. this year. A summer activity that brings dread and disappointment. Look, before last year, I would have usually said go and support Adelaide United, but uh, we can't really go there anymore. So I'd suggest probably following Tottenham or Arsenal in the EPL. Um, that's probably the way to go, I would think. What about surf life saving? Or as Marchie says on the speaker but- chat, the Redbacks. That's a good option. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Redbacks. Mm. What about 36ers? 36ers, oh, they've, they've had some decent seasons every now and then. We haven't won in a long time. Yeah. Bring back Darnell Me. Mm. Darnell Me, there you go. Monkey Tunk Darnell Man has Me. asked, uh, what would be the best way to prepare for the reaming we are going to cop this weekend? Not not watch it. Don't, don't be there. Oh, my God, I'm horrified already. Oh, yeah. It's going to be painful. I think I'm going to have to get drunk again afterwards. Mm. I've literally... I don't think I've been this less enthused to watch a Port game than I am about this weekend coming. Seeing our structures from above, we're going to get slaughtered. And I know everyone likes to think that it's a 50-50 game, Mm -hmm. um, showdowns. I just can't see where our consistency in our team play and structures are going to come to to, to, to get close. Uh, oh, I just hope it's not messy. On face value, I'll put it on record. On face value, I reckon we'll lose by a record showdown margin, for sure. I reckon it's got to be 90-plus yeah. points. Our second-string defence is not going to stop an absolute red-hot Crows forward line. and I just can't see how we're going to kick goals with uh, Wingard out. Uh, Dixon hobbling around um, it could get incredibly messy to the point where if if we lose by enough it might well say uh, goodbye to, to Kenny to be honest yeah 100 point flogging well, I think has it's, Ken uh, lost the players oh, I'm not sure if he's lost the players I think 
Well, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I just think the from start to finish this year, our game plan hasn't looked right. To be honest, we saw it at Elizabeth. What game plan? In the preseason, we saw it in round one against St Kilda. Um, it, it just hasn't looked right at all. So I don't think he's lost the players. I think the message going to the players has been wrong. Mm. Is Nathan Bassett's instructions too confusing? No, I don't think it's a defensive issue. I think, as I said earlier, I think our forward movement has been probably the most haphazard, structureless, uh, lifeless, um, pointless uh, thing I've seen in football for a long time. I don't understand at what point in the preseason we thought, let's just bang the ball as long as we can every time we get it. And, uh, and hope for the best, that that's the best course of action that we could have taken this year. Yeah, long ball. It's too easy for teams at zone. I mean, you know, Ruse just had an uber flood and just put all these players in our defensive 50 as quickly as possible and then just ran it out. But that kicking it long all the time is just too predictable for that style of play. Yeah, it took um, the Crows, what, like 35 minutes to completely dismantle it in round two. And it's given mm. a blueprint for everybody else that comes up against us on what to do. Pretty much. Mm. Anyway, next question. You can ask my question. I am. I'm, I'm getting to it. Uh, Porsche. Yes. Chris Davies, what are your thoughts? Who's Chris Davies? He's our general football manager. So he looks after... Yeah, there you go. Peter Rhodes' old job. I love Porsche. I love vanilla milkshakes <laughs> when I used to drink milk. That's my answer. Okay. I think it's probably hard to judge at this point. Um, he would have obviously dealt with Hammer's contract, so that's on his head. I'm not sure how much he would have had to do with Lobie's, given he came on board about five weeks before Lobie's contract was announced. Uh, so it was likely signed well before that, you would think. Um, I don't know. I think it might still be a bit too early to judge how Chris has gone just yet. Um, and I think our increase in contract length has also probably mirrored the league standard as well since free agency came in. So, you know, there's not too many sort of two-year deals to key players anymore, um, and I doubt we'll see that ever again, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. Point. Ask me again in 12 months. Vanilla. Hmm. Vanilla. It's always a bit of a worry when, yeah, he's not really from a football background, is he? No. No, he came from Saka. I don't know what he did before then. He was in so, the SNFL um, as well. As an administrator? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Bit vanilla, but anyway. Yeah, I think, yeah, let's blame it all on Chris Davies. It's, uh, it's his fault. Yeah. Strike has asked, Strike wants me to give my most rose-coloured glass spiel about where we're at, and Rick, you have to do the opposite. So I'll start with Port Adelaide, established in 1870. We've got a long history, an illustrious history. We're we're winners. We're premiership winners. You you can't just write us off. We know we have talent. We showed that a couple of years ago. We know how well these players can play when they put their mind to it. We've been screwed over this year with injuries and suspension. Had we had a full list to play with, uh, we'd possibly be looking at top four right now. Uh, And I've got full faith that we can actually... That we can and will play finals next year. 
Macca, we're shit. We're, uh, we've made two finals. We've made two finals. We've made two final series in nine years, uh, and that came off the back of the biggest grand final loss in the history of AFL sport. Uh, we're now into our longest period, sustained um, period of non-grand final success in our club history. Um, our attendances are starting to decrease. The con- uh, the I was going to say consumer. The membership disconsent on our performances and our administration is growing at an escalating rate. Uh, where jokes of bringing out the tarps are already returning. Um, I think it's all over. I think at the end of this year, they might as well just shut up shop and give up because um, I think the club has lost itself and doesn't know where to go and uh, we're just pathetic. Yeah. Good work. You've done well. <clears throat> yeah, well, now I feel bloody miserable going and doing that. How come I couldn't, how come I couldn't get the positive one? Look, well, I don't ask the questions, mate. I, I just ask them. All right. Uh, well, Premiers 04 has question. asked uh, how many goals would Butcher have kicked against Melbourne and I, I would say probably not none because no, the many. delivery was that bad he wouldn't have seen any of it no um, AFL 2004 has asked if Burgess left Port would any other club go after his services of course they would yeah, yeah. I just, there, there's I, no I, doubt like intimated... despite our yeah. situation he would still be seen as a league leader in that field and there'd be 10 or 12 clubs wrestling over his signature for sure. Absolutely. And I just wonder, as I was intimating before, maybe the coaches empowered that department too much without giving any uh, demands on what they actually want mm. from, the, from the outside looking in. And, you know... At the end of the day, he's at the he's at the whim of the senior coach. I would have thought, and how he prepares the players. So yep. maybe he's just got a little bit too much absolute control. Okay. Uh, Christ or Christ has asked um, if you could eradicate coriander forever or solve world hunger. How long would it take for you to get over the guilt of all the starving children in the world? I would. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I actually had coriander in my vegan dinner tonight, Dylan ate. Mm. So um, I love my coriander. Coriander. Can't we just feed coriander to the the starving kids? (laughs) Well, that's that's one way, but then there wouldn't be enough coriander for everyone else. Coriander is the the bacon of the herb world. Everything tastes better with it. Yeah, absolutely. What about... uh, Sorry, Africans, but uh, coriander is the winner here. Can't we can't we forgive like chives or something? I mean, I could I could get over not having chives. I mean, or sage. I don't use yeah something like that. You know, sour sobs. Cherb- bit herb, of chervil. Bit, bit of chervil. Mm. Chervil or gerbil? Chervil. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I know uh, where you've been going. One great to. club has asked. Um, did you get a reply to your email to the club? And uh, no. what do you think of Kosh's uh, comments today? Uh, uh, how sucking up to the Crows board, mm. how great they've been. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Don't really care. Really? Well, I'd be sick of it's it. It's just to be more honest. spin. Yeah, it's just more spin. Do we need to do it? I'm, I'm sick of the diplomatic spin and bullshit. And uh, let's just get on with the uh, the act of actually 
turning this rabble around and making people accountable and uh, getting some results. That's all I care about. Maybe get out of the media for a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't want to be liked. Why, why do we have to kiss their ass? Like, when have no. Rob Chapman or Nigel Smart or Stephen Trigg or anyone else that's been involved in that football club for the last 10 years ever said anything positive about Port Adelaide in the press? Uh, outside, of Phil Walsh, outside of Phil Walsh week last year, when has it ever happened? It's never happened. So why the hell do we Nigel... have to come out and do the same thing? It's ridiculous. I thought Nigel was polite to us when he uh, created his replica state guernsey for the Crows. He was showing his love for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, never, it's never happened. It's it's rubbish. It's completely pointless. Like, you know, we're going to get absolutely hammered on the weekend. Why do we have to make it worse by, you know, doing what Kosh did today? It's just yeah, no. silliness. Stupidity. Pull your I head think, in. Are they trying to read into it? Are they trying to read into it that, you know, he's intimating that he's respecting the, um, the hard decisions they made? So, you know, what? Port Adelaide don't have the guts to make the hard decisions or are they going to potentially make some hard decisions? Don't know. Hmm. But, yeah, just, let's get on with the, the show of actually winning some games of footy, please. Exactly. Uh, Rick, you've asked a question. Here we yes. go. What's your most favourite time-travelling movie? Yeah, what's yours? Easy, mate. My two favourite movies of all time. Uh, essentially time-travelling movie, so Donnie Darko and also uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, they're both... I haven't uh, seen either of those. Really? Yeah. Donnie Darko's great. That's a time traveller. Eternal Sunshine's probably more of a mind travel than a, a time travel, but um, I guess it still counts, so... Yeah. yeah. They'd be my two. What are yours, mate? I, I was a big fan of... Tub time machine. Okay. I I thought that I thought that was a pretty awesome time travelling movie. But when I was crook a couple of years ago, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, an English one, where they were at the pub and they kept time travelling at the pub. So if anyone knows which movie I'm talking about, please tell me the name because it was a friggin' awesome movie. <laughs> so um, yeah, but yeah, I'm a bit of a time travelling fiend. You should actually YouTube, YouTube um, um, everyone should YouTube the time travel uh, time travel videos and okay. some of the uh, some of the time travel uh, stuff that comes up on YouTube is pretty interesting. Mm. Check it out. Good stuff. Uh, the Beard Amigos has asked a question: What is your favourite song currently and of all time? Currently. Uh, I'd probably have to go with um, Downtown, Rindles. Okay. That would be my current. And, geez, all time. That's really difficult. I'd have to probably... I'd probably have to go back to Queen, I reckon. Okay. Uh, I'm, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a Queen fan. Maybe, um, and I was a massive fan of It's a Kind of Magic. So mm-hmm. I'd probably I'd probably go um, the rock the rocker princes of the universe off of that album. That was awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Do you know the song? 
no. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. I do send, like Queen. I'll send you the, I'll, yeah. I'll send you. I'll send you. The link. But I mean, all time. There's so many great songs. It's there is. It's hard to pinpoint. Mine's probably. I don't know. Probably. I'd have to go with a prodigy song. So either Voodoo People or. Smack, smack yeah. my bitch up. Smack my bitch up. One of them. Um, yeah. Or probably Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. Just. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. iconic. Um, currently, I got, I got, yeah. I would say uh, "Say You Will" by Black Peaks, which is a, a great album and a, and a fantastic track. I'd also love uh, "Good Morning America" by Let Live and um, "From Grace We've Fallen" by Hatebreed at the moment. Yeah, I don't know any of those. No, I didn't think you would. Another classic is "Comfortably Numb" by Pink Floyd. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the last question we've got the beard amigos has asked damien barrett or mark robinson bar out i was almost going to swear there <laughs> uh, i i'd probably take mark robinson okay yep just i'd probably just. say robo as well but um i've got to say barrett's just, just actually do... great value on the sounding board podcast with hutchie and i never thought i would say that um anyone should check out a podcast um, which is hosted by uh, Damien Barrett and Craig Hutchison, but it's actually really, really good. It's like a behind-the-scenes look at sort of AFL media and you know mistakes they've made and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it's actually quite uh, quite interesting. So I'd definitely check that out. Well, then uh, then Barrett would be right in there, then wouldn't he? Because he's making bloody uh, rumor calls wrong, all left, right, and centre. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of uh, yeah they tell uh, quite a few really good stories, so it's uh, that that would be up there. Right mm-hmm. now, now that we've almost finished, let's uh, talk about the AFL review for for two minutes, I guess. Uh, oh, we've sort of, we've sort of done that anyway. We have, yeah, we have. But I mean, what else do you want to add? Well, who were your was, best players? Mate? Select- Did we have any good players out was- there on the weekend? The selection of Lobie, was it a, a pass or a fail? Oh, it's got to be a fail. Look, I, he was he was okay. I, I think the fact that he took two contested marks in the space of 45 seconds had me falling off the couch. I, I could not believe what I was seeing out there. But outside of that, he was, he was okay when he was rucking. Um, as I said earlier, like, we essentially dropped a key forward in Butcher to play Lobie up forward, which is, is never, ever going to work. Um, so I think it was yeah. just one of a number of um, bad selection calls this year. So did it work? No, I don't think it did. Uh, it was hard because I was really... I was concentrating more on our, our structure and, and you know team-orientated play than individual players. But I thought Ollie Wines, you know, even though his kicking gets highlighted... I thought his contested work around the pack situation was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great. I don't know. I know Robbie Gray got possessions, but, you know, I don't know. There's something right. not right there. For, yeah, I still don't reckon something's right there. He's not chasing hard. None no. of them are chasing. Like, and none of them are chasing well, hard. I thought Jackson tried hard. He had nine tackles. Hard. Sam Gray had nine tackles. Sam or Robbie? Sam. I'm talking about Robbie. Oh, you're talking about Robbie. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. he was uh, he was neither here nor there, really. Yeah, no, it was vanilla. 
Um, Sammy, Sam Gray was right. I mean, I thought the defenders, again, were okay. You know, like, I think I'm really impressed with Logan Austin um, and, and even Tom Corey. <coughs> I mean, my criticisms of the, in the past of his one-on-one work, he's really, uh, really st- starting to find his feet a lot more now. Um, so I was sort of, I was happy with him and, uh, yeah, I guess that Palmer, I was happy. I thought Palmer had a great, a good first game. Were you happy with Palmer? He showed good intensity, didn't he, at the contest and, uh, it would have been nice for him to kick a goal. I think, uh, you know, he showed quite a bit out there. Yeah, probably just panicked a little bit and, um, yeah, look, I don't know. It's just, uh. Yeah, it's just a really disappointing game. I mean, mm. you know, the, when Melbourne Melbourne kicked to the southern end in the last, didn't they? So uh, I reckon it was no in the third. I reckon. Quarter, it was, I reckon. Yeah, well, it must have been the oh, third. Oh yeah, sorry, fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah, right. Like, yeah, like so, right at the start of the fourth, you know, a Melbourne player ran like into his fifty meter arc with the ball. And there was four, Travis Boat and three other Port players just plodding behind, not even trying to bust their boiler to catch them. They just weren't working hard at all. So, yeah. you know, even if some of these midfielders got lots of possessions, I, I would not be giving them a, um, you know, a high pass mark because their work rate just wasn't there. No. That's it was really on. disappointing. That's spot on. Yours? Um, what were your best players? Yeah, look, I thought Palmer was okay, and Matt Lane has said on the Spreaky chat that he got burned on the lead a, f- a couple of times, and, and he's absolutely right. He did. He, he found himself in some really good space, um, and we just didn't kick it to him, unfortunately. So he probably, if, if we hadn't looked a bit harder, he probably could have ended up with a couple of goals. So I thought his uh, his debut was was reasonable enough. I thought Tom Cleary down back was, uh, was very, very good on Hogan. Uh, I thought he did a good job there. Uh, kept him goalless, uh, which is you know, which is uh, all you can ask really. Uh, Logan Austin was okay again. Um, uh, best players, I thought Polak was pretty good, um, especially oh, his third yeah, quarter. Yeah, he did a number of really good things. I thought Ebert was all right. Um, Amon with his quick hands, he did uh, two or three really good sort of lightning quick hand vaults. Um, which set up uh, scoring shots. Uh, so I thought he was good again. Um, outside of that, I'm really struggling. I, I think that's probably about it. And, you know, it's, it's just yeah. uh, it's just variations on a theme, really, to be honest. Um, good you know, call about Ebert. Uh, Pollock, sorry. He, yeah. I thought he was he was a good player. I forgot about him. And Sam Gray, look, he's, he's found himself in some decent form uh, to finish the season again. Uh, like he did last year. It would be good if he can sort of put a, a season like this together for a whole year. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But outside of that, that was pretty much all that happened. Um, there was really no one uh, else that even had a half-decent game, to be honest. Burn Jones probably had his worst game for the year. Youngie didn't do much. Cracker was ordinary. O'Shea was ordinary. Wingard got injured. Westhoff had a lot of the ball, but I didn't really see him. Same could be said of Boak. Pittard had his worst game in about three years. Um, Trengove was ineffective outside of the first quarter. I thought he actually started the game really well, Trengove, in the ruck, but um, he was pretty ineffective after that. Um, and Charlie Dixon, well, I don't know. Should we be playing? No, he, was no, he shouldn't be playing him. You can, you can tell, like, his his first shank kick, or he, you know, he must have had one of those. 
had a jab in there and you know how sometimes they get the jabs and then they can't feel their foot and so they don't kick it properly and stuff. He's done that a lot this year though. Those uh, those shanks. Yeah. It's not just in the last two weeks. Maybe he's getting a fair few jabs in. Who knows? Mm. But um, yeah, he shouldn't have been playing. They would have been. They're better off just playing bloody butcher. But butcher would have been more mobile at least. Yeah. And um, it's not like. It's not like Butcher and Dixon out marks the number of marks that Butcher does. So, um, mm. you know, and his kicking was just as bad. So, uh, you know, what do you got to lose? Yeah. So that was a, that was a good review. So uh, quick chat about the SANFL. The Maggies uh, travelled to the Bay uh, to take on Glenelg and left victors by fifty five points. Uh, Twenty goals fourteen to eleven goals thirteen. Uh, it was a seven goal to one second quarter that was the real catalyst behind the win. Uh, Luke Reynolds, again, uh, continues his great form this year with five goals. Uh, Jimmy Tumpers kicked three. Uh, Tom Gray, Steve Summerton, and Jay Schultz uh, kicked two goals each. Where where to for Luke Reynolds? Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, he's, had a, he's had a fantastic year this year. There's, there's no doubt about that, but um, I'm, just, I'm just not sure if his style of play will... Um, equate to decent AFL form. Like he's you know, he's a bit undersized, he's only what one eighty eight centimetres. He basically plays as a full forward. Um there's not too many players that size that uh, play at full forward these days. He's he's not the quickest fella, he doesn't have great endurance. I wouldn't mind putting him on the rookie list, um, just to see if we can improve that. Um but outside of that I think, yeah, I think he's just one of those sort of unfortunate players that it's that might be sort of in between levels, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you're a natural player, surely height can't be the sole determinator. I mean, we used to have full forwards in the past hmm. um, playing our game that were... 188 centimetres. Yeah, but that was 25 surely years ago. If you, but surely, if you're good enough, you need to have you'd need to have a an exceptional, unique ability, though. Whether it's um, extreme pace or you know a crazy ass mark or leap or something, does he have anything like that? Probably not. I mean, he's he's a really good mark. He's a really good kick. He's an accurate kick. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's basically Brian Benke, Mark II, really, um, in terms of that sort of style Benke. of play. Yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah. and I mean, he sort of struggled to make it at the highest level um, in the end. And he was only sort of 187, 188 as well. Now, I mean, there's a few players like that in the, in the AFL. Like Stuart Cramery, I guess, would be the, the closest um yeah, I reckon he's a bit taller. Though. I reckon he's one ninety one. Yeah, he's I mean. a little bit taller. James Sicily might be another one uh, that, that's reasonably si- uh, similar. But God, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not too many players of his type. Mofo, there's not too many players of his type in the AFL, and um, yeah, look, if he gets a crack, then good on him, uh, and I hope he makes it because uh, well, if he can bring that sort of form to the AFL, then then we're laughing. But, yeah, and he has had a fantastic year, and he would absolutely deserve a crack. A second crack. Um, There's only one forward happens. that would actually make an influence 
in our team at the moment. That'd be Tony Lockett. Because he'd be the only one, big big plugger, he'd be the only one that would be able to smash through a pack of five players and still take a mark from a long bomb. Mm. He, uh, you know, let's bring him back. And if he couldn't, he'll just elbow people in the face until he gets his own ball. Yeah. So, who replaces Wingard, mate? Who have we got left? Jake Need. He's the obvious one, isn't he? But... Yep. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing Jimmy Tumpus get another game. I mean, he, he was really good yeah. on the weekend. 23 touches, three goals. That's uh, that's not too bad. Have you? Would you trade any? Would you trade a big name player, Maka? Well, of course. I mean, we've spoken about this whole year. So, would you trade Robbie Gray? Uh, oh, uh, the Robbie Gray that's played this year, yes. Yeah. The Robbie Gray that we know um, and love, definitely not. There's been something amiss with Robbie all year, as you said. I mean, there's been something not quite right there all year. You, you really see him lose his cool, and he's lost his cool four or five times throughout the season. He's had games where he's had literally zero impact. Um, if we wanted to sort of quickly reinvigorate the list, um, that might be the way to go, is to trade someone like that, because you'd be basically guaranteed two first-rounders. And Rick's gone, so I'm going to try and uh, get him back quickly. But it's an in- it's an interesting question. Are you back? What'd you hang up on me for? You hung up on me. You obviously okay. didn't like my answer. No. No, I, I think anyone is tradable at, at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. As long as we get a fair price for them. <clears throat> You know, like, I wouldn't trade Chad Wingard for a third rounder, but... No. Um, well, well, as, as I was saying, as but... you hung up on me, I think uh, you're basically guaranteed two first rounders if you trade Robbie Gray. So if you wanted to reinvigorate your list pretty quick, then that might be the way to do it. But again, you're sort of trading someone who's your best player. I mean, it's, it's a tough yeah. thing to do. I just I was looking at the midfield and I just thought him and Ollie Wines in the same midfield is pretty slow. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot of speed and I just feel like we need to get rid of a more senior player to just get everyone a little bit on edge yeah. to go shit. You know, there's a bit of accountability here. Hmm. Oh, look, as well, I wrote on the forum last out. week. Um, best case scenario for me would be we trade Loby and get a second rounder for him, and I would also trade Hartlett, and we'd be uh, we'd be sure to get a first rounder for him at least. Uh, so that they'd be two trades that I would look at doing, but we would never. I'm sure we would look at trading Loby again this year. We would never ever trade Hartlett, I don't think. But um, if I had my way, it's probably something that would happen. Yeah, I'd put Broadbent on the chopping block. We've got a plethora of half-back flankers anyway. Yeah, I still think Broadie does a, a good enough job. He's probably the best half-back flanker we've got. Would you, would, you, would you trade out or delist every person that's been drafted from the 2006, 7 and 8 draft? <laughs> uh, well, that's quite a large chunk of our... Uh, 
our side. <laughs> like 80% side. of our side. 80, it's not 80%. No, it's not 80, but you'd be trading Robbie Gray, Justin Westhoff, Paul Stewart, Travis, Travis Boak, Boak, Matthew, Matthew Broadbent, Matt Westhoff, Jason Trengove, Marlon Motlop, um, you know, stars of the game. <laughs> Good work. Well, right. we have well, to wrap this up soon because I've got to go play a game of basketball. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening and all the uh, all the interaction we've had on Spreaker. Once again, check out all the other uh, Poor Fan Radio shows. Um, hopefully, they're not as down as the dumps as what we are at the moment. But, uh, you know, onwards and upwards. Can only, we can only say it as we see it, unfortunately. That's it. And, you know, it actually concerns me on a final note that... There's one thing to support the club, but there's a, another thing to be an ostrich and put your head in the stand. So, for me, the people that are like, you know, oh, I support my club regardless, and I love the players, they're all awesome. Well, I think that's a bit of an ostrich approach. There's nothing, mm-hmm. I'm not advocating that you don't get your membership and or tear it up and all that sort of stuff, because that's just detrimental to the health of the organisation. But you should be able to be critical oh, yeah. of Look, I'm crap an optimist. performances like that. I'm an optimist, and, and I love all the players that play for Port Adelaide, and I hope they they become as as good as they can possibly be. But um, I'm also a realist and, and happy to be critical when it's uh, when need be. Yes. Doing podcasts in 2013-14 was much better. Oh, of course, was. <laughs> so I might talk about losses be because it better. makes things a bit more interesting. But um, you know, it's uh, it's hard when you lose every week at the moment, and uh, sort of uh, losing a bit of patience. Oh, and you'll have to take my um, my role on Thursday night with Porsche too. Okay. Because I'll be in a plane. I'll be in a plane coming back from Queensland, so uh, okay. might be a bit difficult. <clears throat> no worries. All right. Thank you, everyone, awesome. once again. And uh, yes, thank until you. Until next time, can the pair fire up? Go the power. Seabar now caught. Port Adelaide are beginning to build. Foster's kick is through half forward. Knocked away by Hodges. On the run is Rowan Smith. Bends it to the goal.